all right, here we go. Another week. Another week. And uh, we're doing this on Friday today because it is Christmas weekend. Merry Christmas to everybody. Obviously, other people don't celebrate. Happy holidays to y'all. It's another week. We're getting down to it. Just three more weeks starting today to determine the postseason. And teams have already clinched postseason berths. One team has already won their division. Well, this week, some teams will clinch more divisions. We'll get into the scenarios right now. Detroit plays Minnesota. We'll be previewing that game here in a moment. But if they win... They are the NFC North champions, no matter what. They will win their division. If Buffalo loses to the Chargers, Miami beats Dallas on Sunday. They're division champs. So that's something to also think about. Baltimore is in a scenario where they can clinch their division if Cleveland and Cincinnati loses on their games this weekend. So... If Baltimore beats San Francisco and those two teams lose, they win their division. So there are three divisions that could be clinched this weekend. One's pretty much basically a given, but the other two are potential. So that's something to think about. Now, we're also at this point of the year where we time to get rid of some dead weight here. We don't, there's some games we're not going to preview. So there are two right there, two we will not look at. And, and the two are Washington and the Jets and the Cardinals going to Chicago to play the Bears. Those are two games we will not look over in this, ep- in this episode, in this look over. So we do, have, we do have a unanimous pick as well, I think. Do we? Do we have a unanimous pick? Do we? Yes, we do have a unanimous pick. One, Green Bay over Carolina. Yeah, yeah, that should be an easy win for Green Bay. As they try to have any shot at the wild card. But anyway, we will move on. We will move on here. And like I said, we're going to preview the Saturday games first because that's obviously the first things here. Like I said, one is compelling, one isn't. But we still have to look at the matchup here. So the first matchup, obviously, we'll look at is the Peacock-only game. On Saturday night, Buffalo trying to stay in the wild card chase has a legit chance to make the play. Could still have a chance, outside chance to win the AFC East. But like I said, like I just mentioned, if they don't win, then that pretty much ends their division chances. The Chargers have nothing to play for. They're now a spoiler team. And obviously things are not going well. No Justin Herbert. Not, not much to really look forward to. Easton Stick can't. He can't even play. So, well, he will play, but he can't play. But big matchup here for for Buffalo as they try to stay in this AFC East race, try to at least get to that matchup week 18 in in Coral Gables. But they need to do their part to stay in the AFC East hunt. So a big matchup. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm going to say about this one, this is a lesser game. I'm not going to waste too much time on it. Um, but, you know, the Bills are on fire right now. And like you said, they're not only playing for the, the uh, wild card spot, but they're still in the division race. Um, and uh, that, that last game of the year might, be, might come down to the, who, that game against, I should say the game against the Dolphins at the last game of the season 
might come down to the winner wins the division. So uh, Buffalo needs to keep on uh, winning. I think they're focused, and I think they're going to blow out the Chargers. Final score, I'm going to say 38 to 16. I don't even know if the Chargers are going to score 16, but I'll give them 16. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Obviously, Buffalo's coming off a big win. They're at this point of the year where they start playing their best ball. And obviously, Josh Allen has got to know that's to, to avoid turnovers. But after what the Raiders did to this Charger defense last week, it's obvious that there's no there's no really no threat that they're going to really give. If, if the Bills don't at least score 30, Within like within like fifth within like the first twenty five minutes of this game, then something's wrong. Even though this game is at SoFi, but still, it doesn't really matter. The Chargers are done; they're finished. The season's done, and obviously, Buffalo still has a lot to play for. Especially, you know, try to legitimately get a wild card spot, which is not guaranteed. The division's definitely not guaranteed, but we'll see what happens. But a big matchup, and I think. Josh Allen will have a big day, and Buffalo will win pretty comfortably. So I'm going to get, get uh, Buffalo the, the nine here and the final score, 43-10. to 10. Okay. All right. Now, the other matchup, and this is a very critical matchup. It's the first one. It's, an NBC, it's the NBC game. Everybody gets to see this on your NBC affiliates tomorrow afternoon. But it's a critical matchup because – Somebody's playoff hopes is either going to take off or die. And if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's a very critical situation because you have things on the line here, a postseason spot potentially, and more importantly, your your head coach, Mike Tomlin, who has never had a losing season and is now staring at the gun of potentially that scenario starting to show up here. It's not been an easy month for the for the Steelers, for either Pennsylvania team, but especially for the Steelers, who sees their chances of making the postseason may come down to this matchup with Cincinnati. Cincinnati has been playing really good ball in the Jake Brown since Jake Browning took over for for uh, Joe Burrow after he went down with his injury. They're they're a legit contender to get a wild card spot, but still Pittsburgh. They're not a spoiler team, but they can play the spoiler and put Cincinnati out of the wild card spot if they can win. But will they win? How will they win? Big matchup here. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, Cincinnati. Um, you know, they're looking to to beat their fourth consecutive playoff contender here. Um, and in this three game run, they're averaging thirty two point or thirty two points per game under uh, Jake Browning. So that offense has really come alive. Um, this week, Jamar Chase is going to be out, so that's going to hurt. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, they're putting up 32 points per game with Browning and uh, the Steelers, and they're three, they have a three-game losing streak going, and those three games, they're av- they've totaled 41 points. So, I mean, they're not putting up anything. I mean, and they got Mitch Trubisky playing quarterback again. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. Um, Mike Tomlin, you know, he's had 16 consecutive seasons without a losing record, which is a league record. But I think this is going to be at the end of that streak. Um, and Cincinnati is going to get the victory on this week, too. So I'm going Cincinnati with a final score of uh, 27 to 10. Well, you, you, are, you have a correction on the starter. It's not going to be Trubisky. They're moving to Mason Rudolph. 
Um, well, that's that's just as bad, if not worse. Well, Mason Rudolph. I mean, I know. Look, Steeler fans are not feeling. They're feeling like like us, like us Eagles fans. Crappy. It's not been a good month. They they're they don't have a win this month, and the team is just not doing well. Uh, but. They had to move on from Trubisky. They're tired of him. They're, you know, and, and you know, Steeler fans. They're, they're, they're big. That's a big, big fan base. They are all across the country, like we are, like Cowboy fans, others, 49ers, You know, they're a major fan base in this league, a top five fan base. And they tell you if they, if, if he can't play, they're going to listen. So Mason Rudolph can't be any worse. But then again, Mason Rudolph has been here for many years. He's been with the Steelers for, what, now six years, seven years? So he started the majority of the games that Ben Roethlisberger missed in 2019. So, and they still they still had a winning record. But you have to go with somebody you know. This should be interesting. Jake Browning's obviously played very good football in the last several weeks. But still, last week they had to come from behind to beat the Vikings with Nick Mullins, of all people. So... I mean, I know this has been the year of the backup quarterback, especially in the second half of the season. And the fact is, you know, this game is in Pittsburgh. And normally when you play in Pittsburgh at this time of the year, weather becomes an issue. And it's, there's, there's chances of rain. It's going, to be ch- it's going to be windy. So, obviously, this is a very interesting matchup here, you know, with the weather being a potential factor in this game. You know, Pittsburgh has a legit chance because if this is a low-scoring matchup, this favors them. And I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to go with the Steelers here. I think they can – there's still some life left. Like the Eagles, there's still some life left. Somebody's going to have to make a move. You know, if they really care about winning this year, if they really care about Mike Tomlin, whose job is reportedly on the line down the stretch, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues. And like I say, it's kind, it would be kind of stupid. To, to, to let him go, but but obviously it's a reactional league. You know this league; it's a reactional league. You know people will be upset and they want to make sure things are right. So I think for at least this week, the Steelers will stop the bleeding and they will find a way here. So I'm going to go with the Steelers and the final score, nineteen to sixteen. Okay. All right, we move to Sunday. Big matchups on Sunday. And we'll, and we'll obviously start with the matchup that should be easy easy pickings here. Uh, Detroit obviously has a legit chance to win their first division title in 30 years. And basically, at this point, they can't screw it up because they have a three-game lead, and all they have to do is win this game. That's all they have to do. There's no other – they don't have to worry about any other team or any other situation. Win, and they are – hosting their first playoff game at Ford Field. For Minnesota, they hope to stop that. They have a, they're have they the only team that can stop the Lions from winning this division, but they have a lot of work to do, a lot of work. And it starts and it starts on Sunday by winning this game. But still, it's going to be very, very hard for them to, to put that together. So very critical matchup. We'll see what happens. Can Minnesota play – play spoiler even though they're still fighting for the playoff spot themselves go ahead okay well um yeah i mean if you look at um recent history this could be a tight game um because jared goff in his last two games against uh, uh brian flores led defense um 
he, he hasn't played well. He's he's his 54.5 completion percentage, 292 yards per game, one touchdown, three interceptions, two fumbles lost. So um, one thing we know about Brian Flores is uh, he does he likes to bring the heat, man. And uh, golf hasn't done a good job of handling it. Um, but and I know he had a good game last week. He threw for 300 yards. Nick Mullins is starting on the other side for Minnesota, and he's let's be honest, he's not a good quarterback. He's going to have a tough time against that Detroit D, um, and uh, I, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. It'll be pretty close, but Detroit's going to pull this off. I'm going to say the final score is going to be 23 to 16. Yeah, this is a very critical game for both teams. I mean, Detroit has been waiting for this moment for a long, long time, 30 years, since the last time they won a division title. That just tells you how inept this, this team has been for such a long, long time. And got to give a lot of credit to, to to what they've done, you know. Obviously, Dan Campbell, a Coach of the Year candidate, has done a damn good job with this team. I mean, a few years ago, he made that announcement that I'm going to break ankles, we're going to do things. He changed the culture. It's a shame that we have Matt Patricia now on this on our team, unfortunately, which is ridiculous. But but obviously, he replaced Patricia, and he's done a hell of a job in turning this Lions team. Well, like I said, it didn't start well. He had, he had to learn. He had to start from the bottom. The team wasn't really good and all that, but this team gets better and better each year. Now, are they a threat for the establishment? Like 49ers or the Eagles, probably not this year, but they're a team that's going to obviously, if they keep this up, we'll find a way. Now, Jared Goff obviously has to play better. He did not play well. He has not played well the last few weeks. Now, he did play well last week, granted, Denver, but, you know, he has struggled in division play this year, and that's something you have to think about. That's where the Vikings could make a, a potential play here. I think it's going to be a battle, like you said. But I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to the final, like I said, the final minutes of this game because, like I said, in this league, nothing is given to you, and you have to earn most of the league. So I'm gonna say the Vikings give them a fight, but somehow Detroit finds a way to pull it off at the end in a, a late field goal. So I'm gonna go with Detroit in a field goal game, and the final score 27 to 24. Okay. All right, we continue. Interesting matchup coming up coming up here. Our buddy John, his his Indianapolis Colts, you know, his Colts are in it, are in the ATL playing the Falcons. The Falcons trying to stay in this in this in this NFC South race, which looks like it's going to go to the final week of the season, and obviously a lot to put put down there, a lot to desire down there with them. Unfortunately for the Falcons, your boy Desmond Ritter again has been been put on the put on the sidelines for Taylor Heineke, or as you call Heineken, like the beer. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. The Colts are coming off probably one of their biggest wins of the year, playing absolutely dominating the Steelers at home. But can they turn this around? Can they can they continue their pursuit? Now they have bigger fish to fry, not just a potential playoff spot, a wild card spot, a potential. Eight, AFC South Championship. Whoever saw that coming when the season began, that the Colts would be an AFC South Champions. But it's possible, and it could happen. But 
like I said, still a lot of work to, to be put together here. Big matchup here for them in a critical game for both teams. Do, do both need this victory. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, like you said, Desmond Ritter's bench, Taylor Heineke's quarterback, um, Gardner, Min- Gardner Minshew obviously is on the other side. So, I mean, we're not exactly talking about a great quarterback matchup, but I mean, the fact of the matter is I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this game. I don't really have a lot of respect for either team in terms of as a, as, as like playoff teams. Um, I mean, Atlanta's only in it because that division's so bad, and the Colts, um, I mean, they're, they're playing way above their talent level. But for this one, um, I'm just going to give you a score. I think the Colts are going to win it. I got no faith in Atlanta. So, no, not at all. At least I have some in the Colts with uh, Shane Steichen over there. So, I'm going to give you the Colts final score. Um, I'll say uh, uh, 26 to 20. Yeah, this could be interesting. Both of these teams, obviously, are surprisingly are still in the playoff mix. We didn't really expect that when the season began, especially Indianapolis. But Jacksonville's struggles has put them in Houston back into this race and like I said this is a very important game for this team you know they've obviously been playing like like the Rams kind of like under the under the radar over the last several weeks nobody you know you just don't see them coming and basically we'll see what happens here Atlanta obviously they're trying like I said they're not a really good team but remember this is the NFC South it's a terrible division you know 500 May win this division or under 500, possibly. But I think it'll be around. It'll be a somebody will at least get to nine wins. Nine wins might give you this. Might give you this division. But it will be very interesting to see. Can Atlanta get there? They have to win out for that scenario to happen. Basically, Atlanta is in a position where they have to win out. If they don't win out, they're not going to win the division. So. But I'm not picking them to win this week because I just think Indianapolis has really gotten their act together over the last several weeks. And Gardner Minshew's a smart, smart guy, and I think he'll do well and they'll find a way. They got guys on that team, weapons. They can get it done. So give me the Colts here and the final score, um, 30-22. to 22. Okay. All right, we're going to go to another AFC South hopeful, and that is the Houston Texans. But C.J. Stroud is out once again with a with a with a concussion. Apparently, it's much more serious than we thought because he's missing a second game because of it. The Browns are currently in the wild card spot. They're the top wild card team in the AFC. Still has an outside chance of winning the division, though very very slim outside chance. But a big, but they are going back to the well with the great Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's doing a pretty damn good job and led a comeback here. So, like I said, they're two and they're two and one with Joe Flacco since he took over the starting job. And it looks like they're going to ride with him all the way into the postseason. If they they probably probably will be in the postseason at this point if they went out. But very critical matchup here for for both teams. As, the, as far as the playoffs go. Like I said, both of these matchups all have playoff thoughts. And this is obviously another one of them. So go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, well, yeah, like you said, uh, Stroud is out. So um, 
I know that they they won last week, but I mean going up against the Browns, they're not going to do win two in a row without Stroud. That Browns defense is too good, and I I know and Flacco on the other side, he's a bum. Let's face it, but he's had a couple of solid games, and all they need him to do, do is be solid in this one. So the Browns are going to catch a break here because if Stroud was healthy, I would be picking Houston, but uh, without him, I think Cleveland wins in a tight, low-scoring game. I'm going to say 17-13. Yeah, I, I pretty much believe in that. You know, the Browns, they're, they're going to be in the playoffs if they win this game because I think 10 wins is basically the over-under to make the playoffs in the AFC. If you have 10 wins, you should be in the postseason. And, I mean, the Browns won't clinch a spot, but they will be basically on their way. And that defense, obviously, yeah, it hasn't traveled well this year. That's the problem. They're a better defense at home than they've been on the road. But they are playing Houston without Case Keenum. I mean, without C.J. Stroud. And Case Keenum is not, you know, the, the barn burner guy, you know. I think that... You know, it's going to be it's going to be a, a high scoring. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a high scoring game, but it's going to be a back and forth kind of contest. But I agree with you. I think the Texans. I think the Browns. A lot of keep making mistakes. The Browns will win this game. They will win this game. They'll be at ten victories for only what the second time or the third time since the rebirth. So wow! Like I said, the Neff franchise doing well this year. So Browns will win. Move to ten wins. And the final score, 23-20. to 20. Okay. Now, a game I, I didn't miss out in here. I'm going to do it. We're going to do it quickly here. Even though there's no shotgun, no huddle this week, is Seattle going to Tennessee. And they're coming off probably a, a, a relative upset, if you look, if you think about it, beating the Eagles, you know, and, and keeping their playoff hopes alive at least for another week. But, obviously... Unknown if Geno Smith is going to play. Like I said, we're doing this preview on Friday, not on Sunday. So we don't know anything about Geno Smith's chances. I think Drew Locke, as lucky as he is, might have gave himself another start because of what he did on Monday night. Let's just assume he will be starting against Will Levies in Tennessee, who are now a, a spoiler team. They've been officially eliminated. So they can eliminate Seattle. It's not really a call a playoff eliminator, but it's a – it's a critical one for for Seattle. They can win this game and they can keep keep their playoff hopes alive here. So critical matchup here. It's an early start for Seattle. They're getting an early game. So can they can they keep that momentum from beating us in on the road traveling almost to the East Coast? Go ahead. All right, we have we have too many games to talk about in a in sixty minutes to waste time on this. So I'm just going to give you a score. Um, Tennessee in a time, final score um, 24-23 yeah yeah I'd be, I, I don't know if Seattle could go out there and win like they, they you know they got lucky you know I think they're, they're, they're not a really good team right now they've struggled like I said they've re, they lost their previous four games before before Monday night this past Monday so like I said they're not playing with a lot of momentum. And obviously, Drew Locke may get the start again, just like, you know, just because he did win and Geno Smith might still be a little injured. So I'll go with Tennessee. Tennessee will win. Like I said, there's no, you know, there's no joke around Tennessee. They, 
they will play the spoiler very well. Mike Frable will have them ready to go, and they will win. Final score, 30-23. to 23. Okay. All right, we're going to go to a very critical matchup, and this is very critical. It's division leaders going at it here. Tampa Bay coming off probably the most impressive win of the season, going up to Lambeau Field and winning, winning big. We'll, we'll now come home to play another Florida team in Jacksonville. Jacksonville sadly has, like the Eagles, and, you know, they're a playoff, looks like a playoff team, but they're, unlike the Eagles, they're not in a position of clinching. They're trying to hang on to their division, their division, because things have not gone well for them over the last several weeks. But they're on the road today, which has been their strength this year. They only have one loss on the road this entire season. For Tampa, it's a very critical, like I said, it's a critical matchup for them. We'll see what happens, but very interesting matchup. It's, it was almost going to be my outside game of the week. It's not. We kind of know what it's going to be, but this would be my second one because these are two teams trying to get to the postseason, trying to win their divisions. So go ahead. All right. Well, yeah, like you said, these are both uh, technically leader divisional leaders right now. I mean, obviously, these are the two worst divisions in football, but, you know, they're both leading their division. Um, you know, with Jacksonville, the, I, they were, they, them and the Eagles were my Super Bowl picks in the preseason, and both teams are falling off, and they're both in three-game losing streaks right now. And when you look at the two quarterbacks playing today between Jacksonville and Tampa, um, they're both on completely opposite paths lately. You know, both number one picks, obviously, but these last few games, um, Trevor Lawrence... He's questionable with a concu- he's in concussion protocol right now, but also he had that ankle injury back in week 13, and since then he's got more turnovers than touchdown passes, five to four, and he just hasn't been playing well. And meanwhile, Baker Mayfield stepped it up, especially lately. He's got uh, the last two games he's got seven total touchdowns and just one turnover, and obviously we saw them in Green Bay pull off the victory. Um, now they're back to Tampa. Like you said, Jacksonville does play better on the road this year than at home. But this one, I don't think they're going to get the victory. Too much too much question marks surrounding uh, Trevor Lawrence between the ankle and the concussion. I think Tampa takes him out. So, Bucks with a final score of 29-10. to 10. Ooh, Wow. You have no confidence in Jacksonville. Uh, well... Like I said, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, he's shown how tough he is. I mean, you know, last night the game, you know, Derek Carr has suffered like six different injuries. He's basically like Brett Favre and Mick Foley, where he just doesn't give a damn about getting hurt. He's going to show up. You got to basically carry him or put him in a, put him six feet under to make sure he's not going to miss a game this year. And I think for some reason, I think Trevor Lawrence will try to play, though the concussion is something you don't mess with. And unfortunately, that might be the reason why he might miss this game and C.J. Beathard gets a start. I don't trust C.J. Beathard as much as you do. I mean, you don't either. So, basically, but I do trust Jacksonville on the road. I mean, Tampa is kind of a feast or famine team. Even though Baker has stepped his game up over the last couple of weeks, probably his best game he's had all year last week in, uh, in Lambeau Field. At home, it's been a little bit tougher for him. He hasn't really played as well at home as he has on the road this year. And 
I think that could come back there. I mean, you know, you have to control the game, and Tampa's not been a good home field advantage this year. So, why Jacksonville do does well on the road. But if I'm going to trust my guts with C.J. Beathard, they're going to run the ball with, with ETN. ETN's going to get the ball at least 30 times in this game, and that might play a role. I think, you know, Tampa's run defense isn't the greatest, so I think that, that that's going to be their game plan. Beathard, not to throw more than maybe 15 passes, and they'll just run the ball. And if it works, we'll see. But I'm, I'm going to go on the limb and think Jacksonville will win this game. I just think that they they have a chance. You know, they don't want to throw this division away to Indy or Houston because it would be a, a very sad look. And the problem is, unlike the Eagles, Jacksonville may not make the playoffs if they don't win this division. It may be a division or bust if they're going to make the postseason. And Dougie P obviously doesn't want to put himself in a bad position for a season that started very, very promising or at one point was very promising. And now it's starting to hit, hit the snag here. So I'm going to go and see that Jacksonville stops the bleeding. They win final score 24-23. Okay. All right. We're going to go to the we're going to go to the Sunday night game and for people who want to know where the Sunday night game is, it's not going to be the NBC guys. It will be on NFL Network. Sunday night on NFL Network. Talking to my buddy Steve at Planet Fitness today, he's he's obviously very nervous about his about his Broncos. He he doesn't have a lot a lot of confidence as he should. But obviously, they play the Patriots, who could be in their final few weeks of the Belichick era. Obviously, a lot of people wonder if Belichick will return or not, and we don't know. But this is a critical matchup for for Denver as they try to win this, try to get into the playoffs like Broncos. I mean, like the Bills and a lot of other teams in this AFC trying to get to the postseason, but they can't afford any more losses. New England played spoiler once. Can they play spoiler again in a tough environment? Go ahead. Yeah, this game's trash. I'm not wasting time talking about this shit, man. Denver wins 31 to 16. I don't know. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You're... You're like, the hell with this. Well, this is one of my picks for the week, obviously. I, you know, I picked them for last week. That was a mistake. But this won't be a mistake because they're at home against a lesser team. Though that doesn't doesn't always mean anything. But New England's a team, Bailey Zappi, they're, they're, they, they're not good. They're not going to do well. They're, they're going to struggle. And Denver's going to take care of business. So give me the Broncos. They'll cover and win 27 to 13. Okay. All right, we're going to snipper into Christmas. You know, there's a couple Christmas games. There's a triple header Christmas deal, but we're going to start with a, a matchup that's not has significance, but not a lot of significance. The Raiders are still hanging on to a playoff berth, but this is basically a playoff elimination for them. It's a playoff elimination game. If they don't win, they're they're going to be eliminated. For Kansas City, they're trying to win this division for the seventh straight year or for the eighth straight season, trying to win a division. Obviously, Mahomes, they're come, they've, they've had some frustrating several weeks. They did win last week, but still controversy with, with Kadarius Tony making a stupid a stupid mistake. But a critical matchup here. It's the first of a triple header day for, for Christmas, but this is a critical matchup for both teams. One trying to at least keep their slim 
televised and the other team trying to at least get closer to another division title in their potential outside pursuit of a, of a first-round bye, which is pretty much unlikely. So go to it. Yeah, well, um, you know, since, since Mahomes took over the starting role with this team, um, the Chiefs are 10-1 and against the Raiders. They're averaging 35.5 points per game. Um, they scored at least 28 points in all 11 of those games that they played. Um, and this year, the Chiefs have only one game in which they scored 28 points since week seven, and that was the Raiders game. So, I mean, the bottom line, the Raiders are fighting, and they're playing a lot better under Antonio Pierce, but the Chiefs are just a better team, obviously. Aiden O'Connell against that defense is going to get eaten up, and Kansas City keeps that streak going, and Kansas City gets the win. Final score, 33, uh, 33-13. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Raiders last week had a great but let's be honest, the Raiders are not a good football team. They can say they're a good team, but they're not. What they were against Minnesota is probably what they really are compared to what they did to the Chargers last week, getting putting a 60-bomb on them, a 60-bomb on them. At the end of the day, you're going against Kansas City, who needs this game very desperately and probably will get it. The Raiders are just, you know, they're going to be eliminated. They, You know, Antonio Pierce might have been a fun story. But I don't think he's a NFL head coach, to be honest with you. I, I think he's kind of like a more a more disciplined version of Jeff Saturday. You know, unlike Jeff Saturday, he was on the coaching staff from the get-go. But he's kind of a more disciplined version of Jeff Saturday. He'd be more better off being a television commentator than, than a head coach. So they're going to have to look for a real one in the offseason. And obviously Kansas City will take care of business here and win. They'll win comfortably. Final score, 40 to 10. All right. All right, this is, now you haven't done your lock of the week yet, but I'm sure this might be one of them, potentially. And we're going to get to it. This is a big, big matchup for both teams. This is kind of a, who are you really? Or who is the real team here? Dallas and Miami have a combined 20 victories this year. They have 20 victories this year. They have only one win combined. One win against a team with an above 500 record. Only one. Actually, wrong. Two. My bad. Two. Only two games they've beaten a team over 500 out of those 20 victories. Obviously... Miami's trying to win their division. Like I've given the scenario, if Buffalo loses on Saturday night, they beat Dallas. They're the, they are the AFC's champs. Dallas cannot clinch the division, but they win this game. They'll be closer and closer to an NFC East championship. But obviously, this is a critical matchup for them because if they lose this game and the Eagles win on, on Christmas, then the division chances go, go away or basically for all intents and purposes, it's going to go away. So this is a very critical game for both teams, and we want to know which one is which. Who is the real team? Because they play, they both play, they're both considered bullies of the NFL that can get bullied and has been bullied this year on, on a couple of occasions. So basically, 
who is the real who is the real deal of these two teams? You know, will the real team please stand up? Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, like you said, I mean, Dallas and Miami, both of them, you know, neither of them have really beaten anyone. Dallas beat the Eagles. They obviously, they blew us out. That's the only quality win between the two of them. Um, beyond that, Dallas is 3-4 and four on the road. They just got blown out by Buffalo in Buffalo. Miami also got blown out by Buffalo in Buffalo, too, earlier in the year. Um, and, yeah, these two teams, they're both they're both teams that can play well when they, when, when they get the early lead, but... Yeah, they're not they're not fighters. Um, the key matchup I'm looking at here is the Miami rushing game versus that Dallas rush defense, which is not good. Um, we already know Dallas's pass D is tough, but their run D. Um, I mean, they just they just got when they they just allowed 266 yards to Buffalo last week, and Miami has a better run rushing attack than Buffalo does. Let's face it, James Cook is a nice player, but you're talking about. Uh, uh, Devon A-Chain and, um, and, and, uh, Raheem Moster. Raheem Moster. Yeah. Raheem Moster. I mean, these guys are explosive and they can make big plays. And another thing that's going to hurt Dallas is, um, Jonathan Hankins, their big run stuffing defensive tackle who missed last week is also going to be out again this week. Um, that's going to put a hole in that defense in the middle of that defense. And then, you know, even as tough as that, Dallas pass defense is again they're not as good on the road and uh Tyreek Hill you can as good as you you can be as good as you can be but Tyreek Hill is going to beat you at least a, one, a couple times a game so that's all Miami really is going to need is uh they got to get a couple big plays from Tyreek Hill they got to run the ball control the clock and they should put up points on that Dallas defense and again Dallas on the road isn't good Dallas playing from behind isn't good. Dak isn't a winner. So I'm going to have to go with Miami here. Final score, I'm going to say 34 to 23. Yeah, I mean, obviously these are two teams that, like I said, we don't know what they really are, who they really are. I mean, Dallas and Miami have blown out a lot of teams this year. And they've also lost to lesser teams. Miami just recently lost to, to Tennessee at home. This is their third consecutive home game. And for Dallas, they're on the road. And they're a different team on the road. They score an average of, of 17 points less than they do at home. And obviously, Dak does not look like Dak, an MVP, alleged MVP contender. So basically, we're going to know a lot about these two teams. But you do have a, a good point here. Dallas's rush defense was, is piss poor. And they played pretty, pretty bad last <laughs> last Sunday. And then you have to deal with two great rushers. Like I said, Ante and um, and Raheem Mostert. Those are two, like you mentioned, those are two guys that have speed. They can make plays, like you said. And then obviously Tyreek Hill didn't play and probably was taken out as precaution for this matchup. Which means if you're Deron Bland, you better buckle your seatbelts because you're going to be having to deal with with trying to, you, you and Stephon Gilmore are going to have to deal with trying to stop him. And that's not an easy deal because no matter what, he knows how to take the top off of defenses. And Tyreek Hill is that kind of, kind of receiver. He's the scariest receiver in the league. You 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 blink and he beats you big time. And I and I do agree with you. I think this is not a good spot for, for Dallas. After last week, 
I mean, come on. You know, last week was just a, was pitiful. That was a very bad game for them. And they have many of these blowout losses, you know, and I think that you're absolutely right. They might they might try and make it interesting, but at the end of the day, Miami's the better team here. They're at home. It's not easy. Cowboy fans are kind of kind of wasting, you know, holding their breaths here because I think the Eagles will finally get back this division. They'll get it, get back, and get this division back for them. So for themselves. So Dallas will have to unfortunately realize that they're going to have to win on the road if they're going to have any shot in the postseason. So Dallas is going to fall. Miami wins, and the final score thirty-five to twenty. Okay. Yep. And that was not your lock of the week, right? No, no. Well, this might very well be because this is my game of the week coming up, and this is probably the game of the year. Very, 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 very seldom do we get Super Bowl preview matchups. You, as much as you may hate to, hate it or not, this is a potential. These two teams could be meeting in Vegas in in less than a few months. Baltimore. And 49ers, the top two teams in their conference. Obviously, Baltimore has, has been playing really good, and they're obviously putting their act together, coming off a very big win last week, and they're going on the road. It's going to be interesting to see. For the 49ers, they might be the best team in football. I hate to tell you, they might be the team that nobody wants to play. I mean, really, at this point, neither nobody wants to play either of these two teams at this rate. It's going to be interesting. Brock Purdy has put himself as an MVP contender. And like I said, this is a critical matchup because obviously whoever wins gets bragging rights between now and potentially Vegas on February 11th. Obviously, it's not guaranteed that neither team gets to Vegas, but some one of these teams almost, according to, according to, the, to the stats, probably will. So Super Bowl matchup potentially? Potentially, or we just—I know you don't think so, but what do anybody think? But a matchup, game of the week. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's always a possibility. It could these teams could meet again. I mean, as of right now, they're they're both the number one seed in their conference. So, um, but yeah, this one is my lock of the week. I already made this pick on Wednesday, and I've been saying. I'm putting my money where my mouth is here. Um, you know, you look at the you're looking at three potential MVP candidates here going head to head. I mean, Brock Purdy technically, but the real MVP of the team is Christian McCaffrey, and then uh, Lamar Jackson also on the other side. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, I made this pick on Wednesday. Baltimore's getting five and a half. Um, you're talking about. Two top defenses going head to head, so this should be a. This isn't going to be a shootout, I don't think. And I also uh, think uh, it's going to be a tight one. Obviously, these defenses are going to keep both of them in it. Um, Baltimore leads the NFL in scoring, D allowing just 16.6 points per game, and they also lead the league in sacks with 50. And San Francisco is number two in scoring, D just 0.1 point higher, 16.7 points per game allowed. So I mean. Most teams aren't scoring points on these guys, and you know they, both teams have good offenses overall. But I, I think it's going to be more of a defensive battle. Maybe towards the end there might be a couple points scored, and it might go back and forth. But uh, the bottom line, man, 
to me. Brock Purdy is not as good as he looks. You know, he's in a system that makes him look a lot better than he is. He's got a lot of talent around him. And we've seen just not long ago during that three-game losing streak when the chips are down and they need him to be a franchise quarterback. He's just not that. And that's going to be the difference in the game because Lamar Jackson is a franchise quarterback. So um, Baltimore is going to cover that five and a half easy because they're going to win the game outright. But, I mean, I'll, be, I'll gladly take five and a half points because I don't. I think this is going to be a, a one-score game. I think it's probably going to be a three-point game. I'm going to go with Baltimore, 23-20. I mean, like I said, I'm glad you actually almost agree with me that this could very well be a Super Bowl matchup. But we'll see what happens. That's for time. That's time to tell. Both of these teams have a lot to prove. For Brock Purdy, this is a very important game because he can't just sit there and say that nothing's going to happen or this is a guarantee. San Francisco has won every game by double digits but one this year. By Baltimore's defense is probably the toughest in the league and probably the toughest defense he's going to face all year. Because like you said, Baltimore's defense leads in sacks and they don't give up a lot of points. They don't give up a lot of points at all. So... You know, guys like Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Hamilton, you know, you know, several of these other guys, they know, they know what, this is going to be a battle. This is going to be a battle. But like I said, even though this is a Monday night game and it's not, don't expect the unexpected, the unexpected normally happens. I can't say that that's going to continue that trend like it's been the last several weeks. I mean, you got Baltimore winning this game. I say it's going to be a battle. It's going to be interesting because these are two very proud teams, very proud teams right now. And basically, Christian McCaffrey going against that defense is going to be the key. If he goes off, has at least 100 scrimmage yards, at least more than 75 scrimmage yards. If he has at least 75 scrimmage yards, almost 100, then San Francisco's going to win this game. I just think that he's, you know, He's one of those few players that no matter what defense you put it, put it on him, he can dominate. He can dominate. He can, he's, that, he's that natural ability. This is kind of the game where Brock Purdy doesn't have to do much. I mean, in theory, he didn't have to do much against us when he played us earlier this month. All he had to do was give the ball to Debo or the Christian, you know, or George Kittle or, or Brandon Ayuk, and they did all the damage. You know, like you said, Brock Purdy is basically a system quarterback. That doesn't mean that he can't get it done, or he can't. He doesn't have ability to not get it done. But we'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be a battle. This is finally a game where San Francisco is going to meet their match. As far as okay, we can't put this team uh, away like uh, like we've done other teams here in the last several weeks. But I still think this game is in Santa Clara, and that obviously gives them the advantage, even though. And I've been saying this, they're more vulnerable at home than they've been on the road. So I think Baltimore's glad that they're getting them ironically in Santa Clara instead of in uh, at home home in Baltimore. So at the end of the day, I mean, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be tight. You're absolutely right. But I just can't go against the 49ers in this, in this one. I think that, you know, if these two teams see each other again, why throw – why throw tricks out, you know? You know, why 
why throw why throw anything out there for a scenario? Why do we have to show all of our cards if this if these two teams are are alike to get to to Vegas, which a lot of the pundits, national pundits, obviously have at this point. So I think Baltimore will just let the 49ers win. I don't think they'll let them win, but though I think the 49ers are going to win this game. I, I I do. You know, and they'll be one step closer to the one seed because obviously Dallas or the Eagles ain't going to get it, so it doesn't matter here. So 49ers win, and the final score, 25-20. to 20. Okay, we'll see. All right. Now our Christmas matchup. Uh, the Eagles, they'll be wearing all black again. I, I've, been, I've been mesmerizing it for several days now. I've, I miss those jerseys. I don't know why they went to the Kelly Greens. The, the black the black greens are better for them because it shows how much da- dangerous they can be. But I'm so pissed off at this team for several reasons. The way they threw this game, the fact that Max Patricia is calling the defense, and the fact is they're three, they've lost their last three games and they're a third and a half point favorite against a Giants team that has nothing to lose with a quarterback that might be the most popular quarterback in this league right now. Give me the, the I'm going to Philly. I'm going to get me the, an upset. Give me a Philly cheesesteak. The veto, the DeVito train is coming to Lincoln Financial Field. Will it steamroll against a, a vulnerable Eagles team or can the Eagles finally get their ass where it's at? and get their self back into this division race, and not only back into this division race, give the 49ers a scare going into the postseason. Critical matchup. Eagles guy get going. They have not lost four straight with Jalen Hurts starting. The Giants have nothing to lose. It has a similar look to, to a matchup they had last year at, on this field. So a critical matchup here for both teams. Can the Eagles stop the bleeding? And can the Giants pull the big upset and give them coal under their Christmas tree Monday night? Go ahead. All right, yeah, well, um, I mean, this is the big one. and This, would, this is a must-win game for the Eagles because if they go drop four in a row and if they lose that four, the, the way things are going lately, if they lose this to Danny, to, yeah, Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito, I mean – it's gonna get it's gonna get bad in Philly, man. Uh, the fans are gonna go crazy. The team's already kind of starting to come apart a little bit, you know, pointing fingers and all that. They've already fired, not fired, but demoted Sean Desai. The real guy that's got to go is Brian Johnson, but that's another story. I mean, Nick Sirianni is covering for him and is for some reason in love with this guy. I mean. I saw something earlier in the week, uh, Sirianni saying, oh, well, it's not the offense. It's not Brian Johnson's fault. This is the same offense that we have been running. Uh. And it's like, yeah, maybe the the scheme or the 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 playbook is the same. But, I mean, it's obviously not the same offense. Uh, There's no – I mean, you could have any playbook. You could have Kyle Shanahan's playbook. But when everybody knows what's coming every single play – it means nothing, you know. It, I mean, when you have such predictable play calling and such a lack of a, of a, a depth with the plays or just a plan in general, you know, it's a, 
it it it, 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 it doesn't have anything to do with the playbook. It has everything to do with the guy that's calling those plays. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm this guy's just I, I I've said enough for weeks now. This guy's just awful. But um, if 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 they have another terrible game like that, then the Eagles are going to be forced to do something. Whether Howie Roseman forces Nick Sirianni to do something or Nick Sirianni finally gives up, something's going to have to give. But uh, I think uh, I think this week they'll come through. You know, um, the Giants are just a bad team, and the Eagles. Uh, they play a lot better against bad teams. We've seen it earlier in the year, um, at least on offense. The offense moves the ball. Sometimes they settle for field goals, but they at least put up like 30 points. Not gonna, we're not going to have another game like the last few weeks where we drop, you know, 13, 17, garbage like that. So I think the Eagles are going to drop 30, and I don't think DeVito as, is going to do well. I, like I said on Wednesday, I really hope that the Eagles decide to bench Bradbury and give the two young guys a chance to play on the outside with Ricks and Keeley Ringo. Um, and if that happens, I think this defense will be – I mean, it, it, it was it's tough to say from last week because they were going up against Drew Locke, but they did only allow 17 points for what it's worth. Obviously, that last drive was terrible, and that was all on James Bradbury more than anything. But uh, – they, they, they seem to at least have some life in them. So I think with the young guys in there, you'll see a little bit more uh, life on, this, on that defense. So I'm going to say the Eagles pull off the victory, and uh, I'm going to say it's not going to be a close one either. I'm, I'm going to say the Eagles finally win a game by two scores. So I'm going to put the final score here at 34-20. Uh, to 20. I'll make this quick. Obviously, I've mentioned all the scenarios here. Obviously, this is a critical matchup. Now, the Eagles' defense did play better last week because the big issue was the previous three games before the Monday night matchup with Seattle, they gave up over 30 points in the last three games, 34, 42, and 33. But obviously, they only gave up 20. But here's the problem. In the in the 10 wins they've had in 2023, they've Average twenty-seven points per game in those in those. In the four losses, including these last three, they average only sixteen points. So basically, if they get to twenty, they'll win the game. Basically, because the Giants cannot score, they're not going to outscore this team. They're not good enough. They're not deep enough. They don't have any receivers. They don't have a tight end. Darren Waller is washed up. Saquon has has had his issues with the Eagles over the years. He's just not. He just doesn't have big games at all. So, this DeVito, like I said, they can't make DeVito look like an elite quarterback. That's the thing that I worry about. If he plays like, like an elite quarterback, this is going to be a battle. But if, he, if they look like he's a, a third-string backup, then they should be able to take care of business. The Eagles are obviously, they're a, they're a desperate team. And I think at home, on a desperate uh, on a, a game that they need desperately, and the Cowboys once again lay an egg in, in, in Coral Gables, this is a division that they can win. But if they don't win this game, if they fall again, of course, Brian Johnson's going to have to take the fall finally, and the division race is going to be done because I think Dallas is going to be able to hang on here. Because they, because they're even though Detroit's going to be tough, at the end of the day, Detroit, that they're at home for that matchup. And then they play Washington, and Washington's done. So... Basically, this is the last chance for the Eagles. 
they win this game, they're going to be playing on the road wild card week, super wild card weekend. So I think they're going to pull it off. Now, I picked this game against the Eagles, which I normally never do, but I had to do it because they're not playing well. And, they're, and they have a 13-point, you know, they're a 13-point favor, which makes no sense for a team that's struggling. So at the end of the day, I have to go with my whips and say that this will be a close matchup or at least close enough that it, they will cover. So, but I do agree with you. The Eagles will win this game. They better win this game. They better find a way. It's like I've said. When I say they find a way, that means I'm in. I hope that they win. I hope somehow Jalen Hurts has a big game. The tush push, whatever you call it, brotherly shove a couple of times, and obviously AJ Brown shows up. Because of course, if AJ Brown balls, then that's even better for them. So they'll rock that black. And they'll get and they'll get it done. Eagles win. They'll find a way. They cover though, but they co- but the Giants cover that that spread. So at the end of the day, I'm going with the Eagles as well. And the final score, thirty to twenty. Okay. Okay. But I am nervous, man. This might be the most nervous I ever been. Just just because you don't know what this team this team is struggling, and you're playing the Giants. Ugh. You don't know what they're capable of. Especially uh, a team that has nothing to lose like that. They have nothing to lose. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not too worried. I'm not worried about it. I, I, I got. I don't believe in the Giants at all, anyway, and I definitely don't believe in Devito. So. <laughs> well, like I said, the family will be down there. They will be spending time down there, South Philly. South Philly feels just like home for them. <laughs> anyway. That's all we have for this episode. Join us for the look back on Thursday night. We'll be back on Thursday, 7 o'clock. And we will be previewing, yes, Matt, 7 o'clock Thursday. So you have the Wednesday off. You have Wednesday off. So you can travel home. We will obviously have playoff stocks. And we will preview the college football playoff in our last look back of 2023. So look forward to that. Get ready for this postseason as we get closer and closer. Hopefully the Eagles can get back on track and put this division away soon. That's all we have. That's all I have. That's all you have. Have a nice Christmas. Merry Christmas to all y'all. Have a good weekend and all that. See you next. See you Thursday. Yeah, man.